Hi, this is Jonathan Vaness, and this is Getting Curious. So to give you guys a timeline on this, you may or may not know uh, my the web series that I host, Game of Thrones on Funny or Die, we were nominated for an Emmy in Outstanding Variety Series Short, which was the first year that the uh, Television Academy made that category. It was really fun. Uh, I got to walk the red carpet. I met a lot of really cool people. Um, the amazing team that helps us make Game of Thrones got to come absent of Aaron because she's very sought after and she was touring, which broke my heart, but she still was there in spirit. But so because of that, I'm getting to a point, I swear, my mom was in town because she was my gorgeous date. And my mom, I think I've talked about her a few times in my podcast. Uh, she is amazing. And I feel like I get all of my curiosity from her because uh, my mom is like myself, a curious person. And it has been take your mom to work and everywhere with you week because she's staying with me this week. And so we've been everywhere together. And so she came to Maximum Fun today for us to record our episode on what it's like to be an undocumented uh, person in the United States. And then Colin and Christian, our gorgeous producers, had the idea that it would be cute to do a bonus episode with my mom about me. So welcome, Mary Winters, my mom. Good morning, Jonathan. So my nickname all growing up was Jack, and I don't like it. And my mom uh, has a hard time because she called me Jack for 17 years. Once I started doing hair is when I switched to Jonathan. So my mom is in recovery of calling me Jack, um, and I'm very proud of her for just saying Jonathan. And she did, and she wanted to tell that story, but I just stole her thunder and told it instead because I needed to be in power of what my name is. Well, I'm three days sober on calling you Jonathan. Mm-hmm. So we love we love recovery talk here yeah. and getting curious. Yep. So, uh, what do you want to tell people about me, Mom? Well, I think the first thing is that we don't have enough time. But um, I would say that you are true to the name of your podcast. You are extremely curious. And you have a laser focus like no one I've ever met before. Because once you get curious about something, you go kind of balls to the wall until (laughs) you figure it out or master it or find somebody who can tell you everything. And I think that's such a gift. I really, really like that about you. That's enough about me. Tell, tell people about you. What do you do, Mom? Well, as you know, uh, you and I come from a family that's been in the media business since 1835. I work in that business um, on the digital side. And, of course, there uh, is a lot of disruption going on in this world of, you know, broadcast television that's been around since the 50s and newspapers that, you know, go way, way, way back. My part of the business is trying to embrace what's next. You know, the challenge is to fly the plane while you're fixing it and changing it. That's hard to do. I've really been kept on my toes and, uh, quite frankly, have had to be very curious and um, not afraid to sound stupid because I'm I'm 56 and I'm stupid. You're not stupid. You're not stupid. You did that job when I was in hair school. You you went. You were the manager of the newspaper to being the director of the digital of like new media, right? I think that was 2006. Uh, you know, you did it's that? been kind of a blur. I think yeah. it's 2006. I was in hair school, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. I mean, I I remember you didn't completely know how to check your email. I mean, I'm being funny, but. No, that's not too far off. Yeah, and now you're like a full-blown like media internet person. Well, I'd say I know just enough to be dangerous. You know, as you know, just out in the uh, office here, I tried to shoot my first Instagram Insta story or whatever the hell you call it, and uh, 
it was an abysmal failure. But uh, like you, I'm going to get her done. Yeah, you'll figure it out. By the way, let me just turn the tables for a minute. When you talked about beauty school, here's just a question. Do all people in beauty school think it's a good plan to put a great big red streak down their head it was, for graduation it was day? pink and yellow and purple. And now I'm just asking, is that like a normal yeah, it's, thing? Yeah, it's called hair school hair. And I also refer to it as shotgun hair color because it looks like you just put a bunch of hair color in a shotgun and shot it at someone's head because it's hair school and you're experimenting. And it was 2006. So Yeah, I know. I just, since we were there, I just thought I'd ask. Yeah. So that's that story. Um, is it true that isn't our family like one of the oldest family owned media? Like, aren't I like the seventh generation of it? Well, or sixth? Um, yeah, you're sixth, um, I think. And, you know, I don't know the exact statistic, but back in the day with newspapers, they were often the kind of foundation on which broadcast television started. Like in our own instance, when we got into the television business, um, we went 11 years without a profit. So we had an established newspaper, and I can't think of too many, you know, in this startup world of digital. Maybe there are some companies that have gone 11 years without a profit, but the patience involved to bring that technology up uh, into the mainstream was probably very similar to, to what's happening today. It's just that they had the luxury of being brand new. They weren't really disrupting. You know, what digital's trying to do now is extremely disruptive to a lot of legacy businesses. But it's so cool and so awesome to think that there's really going to be almost no middleman between you as a person and all the messages that are around. One of the fears I would maybe have would be that, you know, in journalism, I think that there are things that you need to know that you might not seek out. And so in this kind of narcissistic uh, environment we've gotten about, I want what I want, when I want, how I want, the platform I want, does that run the risk of shutting you out of some things that you ought to know? Because it's just real partisan. It's just like, hey, I only want to know what I want to right, know. Right, right. So um, it's going to be an interesting ride to see how this all continues to grow. Yeah. I definitely think uh, with Apple TV and, and smart television and and even just like how I watched the Olympics. You know, I mean, like this year in the Olympics, it was like I only watched like the NBC Sports app. Like I didn't watch any cable coverage of it. I totally missed Bob Costas. I don't think I saw him once. Which is a very new Olympic experience yeah, for me. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I was like really wondering if he was going to get pink eye again. I didn't get to see anything. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I think that is interesting to see where it's going to go. And um, I really am so happy that um, our family's company has you at the helm of it uh, in the digital space to to navigate that well. Because I think that you've done an amazing job so far. Well, thanks. I, uh, I like being curious about it. And um, the world has always been full of content. Every single person in the world has a story, and there have been very limited channels heretofore to get that out. And that's probably the most exciting thing about what digital can do, is that really there, there are no barriers to hearing everyone's story and, you know, hopefully being thoughtful human beings that you can start to kind of weave together what those stories mean, uh, especially the podcast platform. Um, it's just wonderful. 
and uh, I've really enjoyed listening to yours and and others. And um, what else do you listen to? Well, I've been listening to the uh, presidential, which is done by a lady from the Washington Post. Her podcast doesn't have the quality of yours, you know, in, in terms of audio and all that kind of stuff. But it has been brilliant. Um, she's gone from the first president, and I think we're up to the 36th president right now. And as you listen to those, it starts to give you real context about what's going on. And she is um, especially good about telling you things that you never knew. Tell us an example. Um, back in the day, there were quite a few people that they suspect died in the White House, children of presidents, wives of presidents, because before indoor plumbing, um, the White House, they moved, I, I guess it would be north of the White House, uh, kind of where the sewage went. And so by geography, it came back toward the White House. And they suspect that it poisoned the water supply. Mm. And so, um, that was, you know, that was something interesting yeah. that I thought. But, I mean, there have just been so many things that I'm, you know, I'm driving and I just want to, like, pull over and digest. It's, like, yeah. so great. It's so informational yeah. and, and eye-opening. It, it is. I wish I could retain it all better. But um, being curious is just such a fabulous thing. Even if you can't remember it, it's like your mind just opens that's a great concept yeah, and a great state of mind to be in. Yeah. Okay, fabulous. We're going to take a quick break there, but we'll be right back to hear more about that. Hello, and welcome to Podphone. What type of podcast are you looking for? You have chosen funny podcasts about bad movies. Rated R. May we recommend... The Flophouse. Three friends talk about bad movies and make each other and you laugh. Rated R. The Flophouse is playing at your ears. If you download it right now or whenever. Rated R. To purchase tickets to The Flophouse, you don't need to do that. Just download it. The Flophouse. Rated R. For nudity, I guess. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm Danielle Radford. I am Michael Eagle. And we are the hosts of Tights and Fights, Maximum Fun's newest podcast dedicated to all things wrestling. We'll be talking about Sasha Banks, the women's revolution, Sasha Banks, the brand split, and Sasha Banks' wigs. And we'll also be talking about wrestler fashion. Some wrestlers wear too many clothes. Some wrestlers don't wear enough clothes at all. And I'll be doing impressions of all your favorite wrestlers. New episodes Thursdays on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, yeah, dig it. Tides and Bites Podcast. Tides and Bites. So what, what else do you want to talk about, Mom? Well, um, I think they really wanted to talk about you. Well, it's so weird to, like, talk about yourself with your mom. It's like when I watch Chelsea Handler's talk show, like, she doesn't like it when people compliment her too much. It's like I feel weird looking at you compliment me. Okay. Well, you want me to <laughs> well, not really say weird. some bad stuff? Well, not super bad. Okay. No. All right. Uh, but you, well, uh, Christian, Christian, ask my mom a question. So Christian just asked, oh how is God. Jonathan as a kid? 
How was I in school? Um, he was a good student. He uh, has really honestly been this curious person his whole life. I think teachers probably either really liked him or really wanted to hit him upside the head. He uh, was precocious, had lots and lots and lots of opinions. One of my favorite stories about how aware he has been his entire life, and none of you people within my vicinity were probably even born then, but um, during the O.J. Simpson trial, um, there was a judge named Judge Lance Ito, and he was a small Asian man with a a very well-kempt beard and small little glasses. And so for Halloween, well, first of all, you got to understand that little Jonathan, um, little Jack, but we're not saying that anymore, um, would wake up every morning and make himself a cup of coffee. Now, I'm talking about second grade, and he would watch the Today Show. And he was out of bed before I was. And I'd come down, and he would be having a gorgeous cup of coffee watching the Today Show. And so this particular October morning, um, I said to him, hey, Halloween's coming up. Your brothers want to be WWE wrestlers. What do you want to be? He said, well, I I think I'd like to be Judge Ito. So we went down to church, and we borrowed a choir robe. And he had this teddy bear that my mom got him that had these little plastic round glasses. So in maybe one of his first makeup experiences, but, you know, who knows what was going on in his room before then, he uh, mascaraded on a beard that looked just like Ito and stuck these glasses on. So you could totally tell what he was doing, but then he had the stroke to slap a hello, my name is, on his robe, and it said, hello, my name is Judge Ito. So we're out trick-or-treating, and um, we go to this judge's house across the street from where my brother lived. And he opened the door, and he looked at Jonathan, and this judge was a hard-ass guy who didn't laugh, didn't smile, and just soon, you know, cut your face. And he looked at Jonathan, and I I wasn't sure he was going to (laughs) recover. He was laughing so hard. So that is a very accurate look at Jonathan as a little kid. Um, Other things that he did, he became obsessed with Finland for about a year and a half. And we almost died because we were in my kitchen and we closed the doors and we boiled with Clorox some bones so we could make some Finnish like craft. And I didn't know like that would kill us. And so we had to like run out and get a lot of air um, because of the boiling like bleach. Um, He loved uh, Beanie Babies. um, So we have like 400 of those. And then he loved rocks. And then he loved wildflowers. And we would pull off in the middle of a six lane highway in Missouri and go frolic in the median (laughs) (laughs) looking for flowers Guinea pigs. Oh my God. Stamps, the guinea tornadoes, pigs. Tornadoes. Meteorology. Yeah. Oh, and then remember when you were sure that the, um, was it the Unabomber or the I 70 killer? The I 70 killer. Not like the I 70 killer. I think I grounded you from watching the news unsolved, for a minute. No, it was Unsolved okay. Mysteries that, that I couldn't watch because of the police sketches. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. That was bad for a while. Yeah, that was bad. So. 
Anyway, um, those are just a, a few glimpses into my world of growing up with Jonathan. And, you know, I, I can't really go without talking about my childhood, um, not to be Debbie Downer, but I think a lot about, like, you know, like about appearance and, like, how we want to appear on social media and how we want, like, our brand to be. And I joke a lot about being made fun of as a kid and growing up where I grew up, but... I can't really talk about my childhood or even like re reflect on it without saying something that's very true. That is like, I was like a tormented child. When I say I was bullied, it is not strong enough. And I can laugh about it now, but there is still a part of me that is like, that was extremely painful. My mom was, um, had to watch me like just come home, like destroyed a lot. I think that I handled it, uh, you know, as well as I could have. But when I think about, um, what Eric Zaracero was telling us about growing up undocumented and I always think about, when I interview people or have people on like, you know, a way to relate to their experience. And it's like for any listeners who are like who are younger or who are like in a place in the country where it is not OK to be yourself and come across as you come across naturally and you don't have like such an amazing like supportive mom as I have. It's like keep going and keep doing yourself because, you know, she had an Emmy nomination and I'm in this amazing recording studio talking to my mom about all this like fun stuff that I did as a kid. But I can't, like I said, it's like not to like end on a Debbie Downer, but it's like I really can't talk about my childhood without talking about that people really were cruel to me for my curiosity. There was a lot of people that like really went out of their way to like really dim my shine in the words of Lady Gaga. And I'm really glad that I was able to not let that happen at the end of the day. I came through it with a lot of like the same childlike wonder and spirit and curiosity that I had then. You did. And I would not have been able to have done that without you because um, you went through a lot of the same stuff as like being a woman in a time when like being a woman who wanted to be in business like wasn't no there there's absolutely no comparison well there are things that you've had <laughs> no but there are things that you've had to go through that like that i like learned from your strength and i learned from your resolve and your resilience and the only reason i was saying that are, is is that you know for listeners that see me as this like really fun loving person that you know is gregarious and fun and like Yes, all of that stuff is true, but there's also, like, there is pain there, and there's stuff that I've went through that, you know, I think allowed me to be gregarious and funny and lighthearted and be able to talk about things that are really difficult to talk about and still be able to talk about it and feel okay afterwards. And so I just feel like I can't really talk about, like, my childhood, not my relationship with you, but just, like, us together without giving an honest look at things that were also, like, a little harder. Well, like I said, everybody has a story, and yours was uh, brutal. It was brutal to watch. It was um, really, really difficult to not be able to protect your child. But, you know, that said, it has been wonderful to celebrate how you've been able to be yourself despite this never-ending torment. I remember the first time I understood how brave you were was in fourth grade and you went to, as you know, a big intermediate school, fourth, fifth, and sixth, you know, so a couple thousand kids. And they were going to have a um, talent show. Well, this was sixth grade, just so you guys know. Okay, thank you. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they were going to have a talent show. And I walked down in the basement one day and you were making a mask. And you were making a shirt. And the shirt had a question mark on the front of it. And the mask was kind of split. 
then, of course, there were the telltale sticks with, um, you know, ribbon on it. There was no ribbon sticks. There were ribbon there sticks. There was no ribbon sticks. Okay, there let... was gorgeous tights, and there was a gorgeous homemade shirt. And the song that I did my okay, this beautiful my interpretive dance to was a Jewel Ghost track from her album Hands. Okay, and this, I will give it back to you This now. would be my story. All right. So um, there were ribbon sticks. There was not. Okay. I have, you guys, this is on video. Like, there is a VHS of this performance, and I can guarantee to you there were no fucking ribbon sticks. I would not be ashamed of having had ribbon sticks, but there was not rhythmic gymnastics. This was a beautiful interpretive dance figure skating hybrid that I called a jalet, and there were no ribbon sticks. Okay, I'll, I'll let you have this one. We'll talk okay. about this in the car. But in any event, um, right before you went on in front of 2,000 kids. I also had to audition for this talent show, and I will also let you guys know that I did make it. I was in the show. And so as you went on, I I tried to say to you, Jack, once you go on and do this interpretive dance with the question mark and the ribbon sticks. There are no fucking um, ribbon sticks. All the boys in the audience are going to, you know, pretty much pigeonhole you uh, for the rest of your life in Quincy. And I remember you looked at me and you were like, I can't wait to dance. And I remember, you know, not that I didn't know you were brave before that, but I was like, wow, the balls on this kid are just amazing. And you went out there and rocked it. I did a gorgeous Michelle Kwan-inspired dance to a Jewel Ghost track, and it was amazing. And it was beautiful. Well, and, that that was another kind of... Although I will tell you this. In my head, I was giving you... American Ballet Theater realness. I was giving you beautiful tight pirouettes. It was like a really technically amazingly executed dance. When I look at VHS of it, I really want to crawl into a deep, deep, deep hole because I wasn't a trained dancer. I didn't know what I was doing. I was literally doing like graceful uh, Michelle Kwan jumps, Hamel Camel spins and socks. It was amazing. The, d- the double toe loop. The double toe loop yeah. and like amazing celebration after I landed it was amazing. Yeah. Um, it was so good. <laughs> uh, it really was. I love that story. I think that we got where we needed to go on this podcast. I loved it. Yes. That was fun. That was way less uncomfortable than I felt at the beginning. So that was good. Well, good. I'm, I'm happy I didn't completely embarrass you. On... Well, no, I just don't want to have to talk about myself. It makes it like, you know, you talk so much about yourselves. It's a lot. But I love you so much, Mom. Thanks for coming in. Love you. Thanks. Bye, guys. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. We love her. Thank you so much for letting us use your song. It really is so perfect. Then again, just thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to write yourselves a beautiful review or hashtag getting curious, we very much welcome that. And thank you so much. That was fun. There was no ribbon sticks, though. There were ribbon sticks. There could have been in the basement, but... I still have the ribbon sticks. They didn't make the final performance, that's for sure. (laughs) Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.